podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening all and welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. It's JD here, Jamie Duff, and we are probably a little late in our breaking news podcast. Usually we like to get out within 15 minutes, 20 minutes when it happens, but we were caught untoward. I don't think we thought it was going to land what was it, seven around 7pm UK time there. So we have just announced, well, an hour ago, announced the loan signing, James Sands from New York City FC. And um, I am so happy to um, see you've got a new guest. There's a new uh, beautiful face on. Now, we'll get to this at the end for a bit of a laugh, but I don't know if we... Some of us may have already heard Tom on the radio earlier on. Um, <laughs> so I think Tom's been given that good old Glasgow welcome on Twitter. So um, we'll be a lot more kinder to you, Tom. But we've got Tom Bogert on here. Um, Tom, apologise if I pronounce your name incorrectly. You got it right. Tom Bogert's on. Brilliant. And Tom, you are a freelance writer, journalist. And I mean, I was looking at your, your Twitter. You've quite a lot of followers on there. <laughs> and you've done some writing for 442, The Guardian Sport and stuff. MLS is your, is your big thing. Yeah, yeah, MLS is where you'll find me on a regular basis. Um, and first off, right off the jump, an apology that you're not getting the patented mustache, as is usual. It's the off-season for me, too, here around MLS. So, you know, you got to change it up and make, you know, the artist suggestion, make make, uh, make people miss it, and then the mustache will be back soon. But this yeah. isn't normally what, what comes out. It, it it usually is much dumber than than what I am already am. You're a lot younger than what I thought you were, because when I must seen that would help me look a little older, too. I, I, I've seen your Twitter. I just like, shaved today, so. Look, I look like He's got a killer moustache. a killer moustache. When you come on there, I was like, ah, oh, it's a young dude. Anyway, so we're going to kick off. Um, I just want to say before we continue, we have um, a lot of our regulars in the, the comments and stuff like that. And just welcome and thank you for everyone for joining us as per usual. Um, we will try and get to some questions at the end for um, for Tom, just so we can, any of these, anything anyone wants to ask, hit me with a question and I'll send it up there. Any comments we have? Tom, you'll see comments fly up every now and again. If we need to chat about the comment, I'll, I'll pull you into it. If not, sometimes we'll just put up some comments, just some people's thoughts, so we can see what other people are thinking. But we'll just continue to chat, and we'll ask some questions, and I'll just let you tell us a wee bit about James. Um, just thanks for everybody for joining. Now we're live on YouTube, and we're live, I think it's on Facebook as well. Now our Facebook's up, up and running. Um, of course, we have our Patreon on the go as well, for any members that wish to join that. And... Yeah, let's kick off. So, 21-year-old, I don't want to actually take your thunder here. So, James Sands, 21-year-old American international. So, we're going to, we're going to squat a footballer. Okay, that's one of the ground rules, Tom, all right? <laughs> um, I've seen someone comment to you on Twitter. Did they go off on you because you called it soccer? <laughs> I didn't. That that was that was one of the things I was kind of uh, on this fence about. I was like, should I lean into the, the talking soccer here from from an American, or do I sound disingenuous, like I'm pandering, trying to call it football? So I just I just avoided the word altogether. Don't know what Tom. You can call it whatever you wish, and if it's, <laughs> if it's soccer for you, it's soccer for us tonight. Um, so first, I was going to ask you, 21 year old James Sands, um, quite quite a young young guy. Um, so he's signing an. 18-month loan deal and Rangers mm. have an exclusive buy 
option at the end of it. So just tell us a little bit about James. Yeah, so James, it's funny that referring to him as young because he obviously is at 21 years old, but he's been in every game starter for NYCFC for the past three years. So it, it it's almost you know, difficult to remind myself that he's only 21 and he turned 21 in the summer. So, you know, he started last season as a 20 year old. He's been this kid who's been a known commodity for a long time. He was the first Academy graduate to sign a first team deal with NYCFC, a club that, you know, played their first game in 2015. I know that that's, you know, huge history when, when I'm talking to somebody from Scottish football of a club that's been in existence for six and a half years. Uh, but yeah, so he, he, this is really monumentous for this team. This is the first academy products that was signed he's not the first to leave joe scally came through nycfc he's playing at bruce and munchen gladback right now Gio reyna spent like 12 years 12 years old to 15 or 16 before he went to dortmund he was he wasn't just there for a season he, he was helped be produced by nycfc's academy so sands is the latest they already have a little bit of pedigree but it, it is special that this is the first player that was in the first team the, the first player signed to the first team is moving on and kind of completing this cycle yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll touch on because I'd seen a tweet you'd put out earlier on about the Geo Reyna and and who has got unbelievable links to our club. Never mind his father and his, and his name, and but there is a quite a, quite similarities between um, some moves that have happened with our club in the last few days, which has probably spurred on James's move to Rangers. Um, mm. I've seen quite a lot. Um, six foot one, James Sands. Um, as you're saying, twenty one, American internationalist, six foot. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think that he took a book out of Tinder. Um, he all of a sudden went from five ten to six foot on his, on his player page. So maybe he had a late growth spurt or maybe some of his mates said, why do you, why don't you just say you're six feet tall or maybe NYCFC, but I don't th- there are some questions about whether it's six, six, one, or maybe if it's really five ten. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, I, I do that sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> um, positional wise. So we've heard a lot. And this is something I mentioned last night in my podcast. Um, Versatility. Now, sometimes that's looked at, frowned upon snobbering um, football soccer, you know, or well, if he doesn't have a specialist subject, well, he's a kind of utility player, they call it. But James seems to be very versatile. Um, Position-wise, where first of all, where can he play? Yeah, so I think that his best position is a centre-back in a back three, where he can play as, as the lead ball player, the lead, you know, starting possessions and, and kind of that deep deep lying playmaker if, if, if you want to call it that but for teams that play a back four he can play center back in a back four I don't love him there I think that he's better as a defensive mid when a team is playing with a back four he's just a really clean really strong really solid uh number six he's somebody who tactically he's an a plus like there's no good way to quantify what his positional sense is there's no good way to quantify how intelligent he is and just the things he does he's somebody who I, I kind of kind of got uh, slated for this a little bit before, but like you kind of don't notice how great he is because of just all the little things he does. And then you look back five games later and you're like, wait a minute. I don't think this kid has made a mistake in the last you know month. Like what? Like, let's look at his performances closer. Cause again, he's not, he's not banging shots from 40 yards out. He's not, he's not, you know, splitting a 45 yard uh, diagonal through ball though. He's, he's capable of his, of, of playing very well in possession. But again, it's not like, this crazy ability that jumps off the screen. He's just such a good player and such a smart player. And he's somebody who's so useful to successful teams. I'll quickly fire a quick question in, um, Tom. C. James, one of our, our regulars, left or right centre-back? I'm led to believe he's a right centre-back, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, right centre-back. Yeah. But again, um, but again, if it's a back four, I, I do hope that Rangers play him as a six. I've 
in reporting on this move, I've talked to people. I, I haven't gotten any clarity of where Giovanni Van Brockler sees him. I haven't gotten any kind of clarity on, you know, there is the speculation of of the, the right back you guys sold, pa Patterson or Pattinson. Yeah, Patterson. There was some speculation because Sands displayed for the first time in his career was asked to play right back in, in an emergency for, you know, four or five games. And some, you know, fans were saying, oh, I see that he's played right back before. Maybe he's the backup or whatever, or the, you know, the replacement or somebody who can, who can do that as dogs run here. Um, they're, they're very interested in what I'm saying, apparently. But yeah, he's somebody, I guess, who, who showed the ability to play as a right back. But I really hope that he plays either defensive mid, first and foremost, or, or as a center back. Yeah, we do play, we play a back four. Uh, yeah. We did the last couple of days. Nathan Patterson's signed for, um, Everton. Signed for? He has. Nathan Parsons signed for Everton for 16, well, up to 16 million. So I think the initial thoughts were we've got a really great, our captains were right back and his numbers he posts is unbelievable. Yep. So we probably need someone who could fill in there for three or four games a season. It looks like James could be that person. We have other people who could do that job mm. as well, but um, I don't see Rangers playing with three at the back. I looked at a couple of clips last night. Um, and you know what YouTube clips are like? It's always spectacular. But his <laughs> range of passing from a defensive yeah. midfield, some of it was spectacular. Yeah, he's he's again, he's somebody who can initiate possession and he's it, it's it's a very important quality. He he makes the right decision all the time. It it like again, that's I, I keep coming back to this. Is his level of maturity, his level of of poise and his decision making and intelligence is off the charts like again like he's not somebody who's you know this crazy physical specimen he, he's not he doesn't have this insane level of pace so it takes a little while to notice that like oh he just always does the right thing and he just always plays the right pass and, and it's just something that you come to expect for, after watching him and you kind of take it for granted and then like this this is why this kid is a special player in the sense that if you dropped him in into the middle of a mid-table Bundesliga team tomorrow I could see him starting and, and being fine. If you dropped him into the Europa League tie against Dortmund, I think that he'd survive and figure it out if that was his debut. Like, he's somebody who I have the utmost confidence in to, you know, raise his level and to somebody who can fit in and adapt and figure things out. Yeah. I think there's a level of... Seems to be a, a new age player, Tom, and I'd fully expect this coming from the States. There's a real level of intelligence within footballers these days, and I think James maybe fits that mould, which means he can try his try different positions. Um, Rangers have a really, really, probably my, my favourite player just now, Glenn Kamara, Finnish internationalist who came through the Arsenal Youth Academy and Rangers signed him for like £50,000 <laughs> three years ago. Yeah. Um, he's now technically unbelievable and everything you're telling me is what I think of Glenn Kamara. Does all the great things so quietly and so confidently and so poised. Um I'm sitting here thinking that James is possibly a replacement for Glenn long term yeah. in that number number six position. If you think that would probably, although you're saying that in a back three would be his best position, if Rangers don't play that, right. he's equally going to be as good at the DMC. Yeah, yeah. That, and again, in a back four, I, I really hope that that's the plan to play him. And that would make sense. Everything you say that he would be like the long-term replacement for Kamara. Um, and again, like I think that the best way to kind of understate or highlight how well he's thought of and how quickly people learn to trust him and appreciate him is that he made his debut under Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira was the NYCFC manager and very quickly elevated him to the first team and got him his debut. The next year, the, the head coach was Dome Torrent, Pep Guardiola's longtime assistant. 
it did not take long. It was like three games into the season, and it was apparent that James Sands was going to start every single game he was fit for. Dome only lasted a season, or a season and a half, rather, um, after Vieira uh, took the Lille job, I believe. Not Lille. Yeah. Uh, nice, the Nice job. Nice. Yeah. And then um, Ronnie Dyla came in, and immediately he was starting every game under Ronnie Dyla. And same thing with Dome Trent. He... If there was a back three, he'd go play center back. If it was a back four, he'd go play defensive midfield. Or if there was two center backs were out, he would go play in a back four as a center back. He just he's somebody he's a first name on the team sheet because he just makes everything better. And he and he's just somebody you can rely upon. And again, this was when he was 18, 19, and 20 years old. Like we're only kind of scratching like where his ability is going to grow and where he's going to be. And then I think that this was the perfect time for his move to Europe. So I was going to ask you that. Is there any I take it there has I take it there has been chat around him perhaps leaving yeah. earlier. Um, and you're saying that he's played there for three seasons. So do you think that the three seasons has gave him the perfect, and this is almost the perfect storm, perfect timing for James to 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 go into European football? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been reporting on him for a while. Like I wrote something on him a year ago, and in just talking to people, it was like the the quiet expectation was no later than this winter. You know, the global pandemics was something that obviously always you know altered plans and and. It was difficult for money and offers to be there. I don't believe that there there was a lot of interest in him from you know Germany, Belgium, and Netherlands. Um, I hadn't heard of Rangers until this window, um, but they like he's had a lot of teams following him and he's been on the radar. I haven't heard until this offseason of you know real offers and like okay, like this might actually really happen right now. So I think it really was the perfect storm and the timing was right. Like he just proved another season in the league. Like he doesn't have much else to prove. He doesn't have much else to develop here. They just won the league. He again, he lifted at the the club's first ever trophy for his boyhood club. And after he could have he could have left for free this winter. His contract was set to expire right now. And last offseason, they he agreed to a five year contract as like, hey, like I appreciate everything the club has done for me, and like I trust you guys will move me on if the right opportunity comes up. So that's why that. You know, I've, I've been saying for months, like, I'd be shocked if he was still on the roster for 2022 and five days into the January transfer window, he's gone. <laughs> That's why he's done it. And it's good morals from a young from a young guy knowing, I mean, they've developed him into the player he is. And you've mentioned some of the names. I mean, if he's been coached or even been anywhere near Patrick Vieira and can yep. play the sixth role, there, there wasn't many better than that. Uh, I think it's a massive thing that he's, he leaves a champion. I think there's a big thing about um, players coming to play with Glasgow Rangers and however people feel about the SPL, um, playing for a club that's this year, 150 years old, um, mm. who only accept winning and, for, and want to be champions every year. And we've had some bad times over the last years. About <laughs> them. But we're, we're back being the champions. And do you think um, Tom winning and becoming a champion himself will give him a real, the right foundation to come into a club where that's what has to happen every year. Yeah, that that I, I completely agree with that. There is something to be said about a player who wins. And, and look, if, if if he didn't win the title this year, it wouldn't have been his fault and it wouldn't have been a knock on his profile. But just having that in your bag, having these big games kind of on his resume and these big experiences and you know there's there's nothing that he's experienced that's going to be like going to to rangers and say the first time that they put that uh he, he plays a game against celtic like there's nothing that can prepare you for that in, in mls in, in america but he did play for the national team in in the gold cup you know our yeah. version of the euros granted yeah. like it, it was mostly our second team because they the way we split it up with all the competitions but 
he won the gold cup. They beat Mexico in the final. He, he played a number of games at the gold cup. He, they, so in the summer he won in the winter, he won. And now he's going to Rangers where they're in a title chase. And the expectation is that you win the title and he's going to be in Europa league games. And the expectation is they keep advancing. So I, I think that this is, these are all good things. And again, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an indictment if he came here, if, if they lost the gold cup final to Mexico, or if they lost in the final, the MLS final to Portland, but it's just something other that that's important for a player to have. And these experiences and this mindset and mentality. I'll talk, I'm going to jump a little bit. One, one of our, one of our members actually, Will who's a, um, one of our contributors in the podcast asked a question. Now I know the answer to this, but you're talking about confidence and mindset and mentality. Now, Going from, is it 10, 11,000? Um, is it the Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium. Yeah, so he won't yeah. be playing on a baseball field anymore. And that's that's very good. I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And what, how do you think, jump, and now every second week will be playing in front of 45, 48,000 fans. Um, we spoke about maturity and stuff like that. I think he'll be able to handle that. Yeah, I, I have I have no no doubt that he will. Um his his professional debut was like it was a friendly in his first preseason with the team when he was 17 or whatever. It was in front of like 60,000 in Brazil and 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 everybody I've talked to from that day was like I think that's when we knew that he was going to be special because we knew he had the talent, we knew he had the technical ability, we knew that physically he was going to be able to adapt it and be a professional. But like just watching him even in, you know, a friendly where he it's not it's not something that you'd necessarily get up for, it's not something that you live or die by, but the, the atmosphere was still pretty wild and he was just calm and he was just good. And he was somebody who showed pretty, pretty quickly that he was going to be able to adapt these scenarios. If when we go back to MLS cup, there was, I think 30,000 in Portland and Portland is one of the, the, the very top atmospheres in MLS and he adapted well, played well, and they won. And then there was, you know, he world cup qualifying in CONCACAF is very difficult. He went on the road to Honduras, it, it, they didn't have a full stadium because of COVID uh, requirements, but that's still one hell of a hectic place to play. And, yeah. and he, he wasn't perfect on his debut, but he was he was fine. Um, Ability-wise, you've been very um, complimentary about him. Do you think he has the ability, you, you kind of answered this, but have the ability to come straight in? Now, we don't know. We, we're expecting, it, it may take time for him to bed in, but... Would you expect him to be able to come in and be in play straight away? Could he affect that first team? Yeah, so I, I, I was, I would kick that back to you. Just in that, I, I'm not, you know, expertly sure where you know their the depth, the first team depth, depth chart sits, and and what the expectations are for him. I think that it's probably likely that they'll that they'll take it a little slow or whatever. Maybe get you know maybe his debut is a home game in you know a lower table team or whatever. But again, I I I think his best quality is his adaptability and intelligence. So. That's one part of him that I'm not really worried about. I'll, I'll apologize. I've, I've not, I don't watch many um, MLS games other than the goals I'm we see. On, it's okay. <laughs> the goals we see on Sky. Um, however, Rangers obviously dominate every single game we play in possession-wise. Um, is that similar to, to New York City and that them will suit uh, yeah. this game? Yeah, Ronnie Dyla favored. You know they they were one second. Oh, sorry, dogs uh, hear something. Else. No, no, that was because you've mentioned Ronnie Dyla. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie Dyla's sides. Um, they they like to dominate possession. They had, um, you know, the advanced metrics or whatever. They they had the most time spent in possession against a structured de- uh, defense. So I'd imagine that's how Rangers would play off and yeah. in dominating the ball and teams packing the back. That's something that he's used to. They they had the most, you know 
then this wouldn't necessarily be all or him or even him being the driving force. But they had the the most chances created against a set defense. And again, this comes, he's somebody who's going to be used to unlocking, not necessarily, he's the pass before the pass kind of a player. He's not, he's not a 10 that's going to play the, the last ball, but he initiates the possession sequences. He, he gets the ball quickly to, you know, the playmakers or, you know, big switches for, to the fullbacks. And, and I think that that's going to be somewhere where he's comfortable. And, and again, as you say, it's, it's, it's something that he's used to playing and, and MLS, there's a lot more parody, obviously than, than Scotland. So they didn't play every single game where they're dominant. They didn't play every single game with yeah. 60% possession, but he's definitely no stranger to that. You spoke earlier about this being a monument, and you tweeted about it. I was reading earlier on about the monumental moment for New York City. It's the first ever homegrown signing. Take him through. He's won things. Is there a real? And I know we have, or you have had the other uh, and um, Scally that had left before. Yeah. Is there a? Now they are homegrown, but because Sands has played first team three years, won things. Is there a bigger kind of feeling? For James Sands and to, is there a bit of sadness that he's leaving, or did the MLS fans see that as a celebration? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak, I guess, for the 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 biggest NYCFC fans. You know, I think that obviously they would love to have him there their, his whole career, but you know, the the vast majority of MLS fans understand the reality and that they they're proud, they're they're excited to watch him go in Europe, even though Gio Reyna never made his first team debut because he ended up just signing with, with Dortmund. Instead, they, they root him on, they claim him as, you know, Academy product, Joe Scally, that he agreed, Mönchengladbach agreed a deal to buy him before he made his professional debut. He signed a contract with NYCFC, but like, so this, this is just a different level. And Scally, I think only made, you know, five starts maybe for NYCFC. So these are guys who were produced by NYCFC. These are guys that fans felt a connection to, but there's nothing quite like, with James Sands, as you say, with he played three seasons and he won he won the MLS Cup. Like this is a new level, this is a different level. And this is again, he was the first player in the first team from the academy. Like this is always they're going to point to this as the absolute A plus elite expectation or, or best case scenario anytime that some kid is signed from the academy. You could be James Sands, you can come into the first team, play for a few years, hopefully win some stuff. We're gonna be a competitive team. And then we're not going to stand in your way when the right move, like a move to Rangers, a move to Bruce and Gladback goes your way. So I think that this is this is definitely the one that that would pull on the fans' heartstrings the most. I think this, this touches on it. Now, you mentioned earlier you're a, a big Liverpool fan. So don't don't say he's like Steven Gerrard, please. But <laughs> what, 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 who, who, could we, who could we, if we're thinking, who could we compare him to? Because you obviously know your European football and your English football as well. What, who, who can we compare him to? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, trying to think of, of of a kind of cerebral player, somebody who does does the work. Like because of Liverpool, the connection, the James Milner thought has come to me, but I don't think that that comp is is, is very well because they they have a similar motor, but James James Milner covers ground like nobody else in the world and, and does yeah. some different things. Um, trying to think who's who's a, a defensive midfielder that is is really clean in possession and, and really sound defensively. I feel like I've done. Enough talking about this that I should. Declan have. Rice, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think that's a good one. That's a really good one. Declan Rice is a really good one. And and again, I I struggle when doing these comparison things because I don't want you know to give the expectation off as as the dumb you know the American who's who's looking look at our player who is like England's starting center mid like it's he's not yeah. obviously at that level but the play style is similar the motor the, the everything he does gets stuck in you know I think Declan covers more ground and is more of a, a bit of a physical force 
when he plays for West Ham, but but I think Declan Rice is is, is a pretty good comparison. Yeah, yeah. I think James sounds really cultured. And you should have a, a chance to look, watch a little bit of Glenn Kamara, Tom. I think James Sands um, sounds very similar now. That may sadden a few people, but Glenn, Glenn Kamara's time's approaching to go to the EPL, and Rangers yeah. are going to command a massive, massive fee. You're talking 2025 and upwards for for um, for Glenn. Do, do we know if, or have you heard of any values of what the, the exclusivity to buy deal will be at the end of the 18 months, Tom? Annoyingly not. I uh, I thought that by the time that this went official, I would have heard something, but I think that they're keeping that under wraps. What The only thing that I've heard is described to me as it's going to be a high purchase option, and the, the rationale behind this being a loan with purchase option is that what his whatever his value is right now to, to clubs in Europe, NYCFC believe that it will grow once he gets to a club like Rangers, and they also believe that once he gets in the training facility for a few weeks at Rangers are going to value him a lot more in four weeks from now than they do right now. And in, in the sense that they're, they, and with this NYCFC's belief that they're going to see everything that they liked about him on film and in, in scouting, it's, it's going to be confirmed. And then there's just going to be the human element, the, the intangible element, the things that, you know, maybe they weren't totally aware of that. They're going to say, okay, like this is, this is everything we hope for. And, and we can see the room to grow. So, the purchase option again has been described to me as as pretty sizable. I don't even want to go speculating, but I can't. I mean, Daryl DK for to West Brom was nine point five million US, like maybe in that region, maybe a little less. Like if you look at, I'm I'm trying to think of center center mids who have been sold by MLS clubs. Gianluca Busio went from Kansas City to Venezia for six and a half million up front. That yeah. with in a package that could grow to like eleven million. Yeah. Brian Reynolds went from Dallas to. Uh, Roma for eight and a half million, like anything in in that kind of you know six to ten million range, uh, as they clearly didn't want me speculating and tried to stop yeah. me. Tom, um, our our uh, watchers know there's there's not a Rangers rabble podcast without a dog, <laughs> Good or making really weird sounds in the background, like sounds <laughs> you wouldn't want your dog to make. Anyway, um, you touch on MLS, folks. Just before we continue, look, thanks for joining us. Um, please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube um, if you haven't already done so. A like on YouTube, it goes a massive, massive way of getting the, the interviews out and stuff like that. Um, and go away, come back in 10, 15 minutes and add a little comment in. Martin's found a little bit of analytics, that helps as well. So anything to get us out there would really, really help. We thank Tom for coming on. We're probably going to have another five minutes and then I'm going to open up to a couple of questions. You touched on the MLS there, um, Tom, and... Players leaving the MLS and going to Europe seems to be the pinnacle. Now, um, I had a big rant yesterday, and the people who watched me last night had a bit of a rant because I went on to Twitter right away and I seen a few disparaging comments about the SPL. Now, most of the Rangers fans would agree the SPL is very, very poor standard, um, but the standard for playing for Rangers, I would expect to be okay. way higher than the, than the MLS. I'm taught, Rangers fans will tell you we are... Top three EPL teams. That's what we are. If we had the same finance. Um, but I've seen a lot of players, a lot of people, just, like, you know, they'd rather they went to the Bundesliga or they, they, they would rather they would go there. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think, personally, about the move to, to Scottish football for James? Um, I, I would only be excited about it if it was, you know, Rangers or Celtic. I, I, I you know, I think that 
some of the I guess ignorance and it does go both ways. I I've I've I get a yeah. lot I get a lot of com- anti MLS comments from uh from Scottish fans in the past. Uh, but I think part of it is that MLS fans look at the league and they like the the bottom half of the league is obviously you know not of great standard and and like you said it is it is very different playing for Rangers than it is playing for any other team. But you look at Christian Ramirez for Aberdeen. I think he's up to ten goals or, or yeah. something like that. He was on the bench for one of the very worst MLS teams. Like, couldn't get on the field for a while. And, and this, I, I, I believe that Christian Ramirez is a good MLS player, or at least a, a, st- a standard MLS player. But he was being benched by one of the worst teams in the league. He goes to Aberdeen, and immediately there was a list either by the Guardian or someone else that he was the 16th best player in Scotland. Like, I think that's where some of it comes from is they say, wait a minute, like this guy who couldn't get on the field for Houston, Houston is, is again, one was one of the worst teams in the league and, and one of the, you know, particularly attacking wise, they were just, you know, they could use a player like that. And, but it, it, he was somebody who was benched and then he comes to Scotland and is doing really well. So I think that's where it comes from. But, but like you say, I think it's the difference between Rangers and just playing for any other team. And it's the same way with, you know, Tejon Buchanan, a Canadian international, is going to Club Bruges. I think that's a good move, and and most people do too. And but you know, the bottom half of the Belgian league is probably similar to the bottom half of the Scottish league. And and you look at Brendan Aronson went to Red Bull Salzburg. I think the bottom half of the Scottish league is better than the bottom half of the Austrian league. And and there isn't the the same Rangers Celtic as there is with with Salzburg, yeah. just Salzburg. So you know, we we were excited about all of those moves, and I think that the only fear is is that Rangers, and and as the fans view it. And as the team views it, a destination club. I yeah. think that the only difference is that Club Bruges, um, Gank, uh, Red Bull Salzburg, these are clubs that the idea is two or three years, you move them on. So I think that's the only reason why fans aren't entirely in love with that. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Christian Ramirez because he's been put out there a few times. I've seen it. And the people in the comments won't like this, other guys watching, but we done we do a, a best of the rest podcast where we watch yeah. all it's we're not it's everything other than Rangers, so right. we look at all the other Scottish games, and we've done our, uh, our half season team of the season, half team of the half mm-hmm. season, and all three of us put Christian Ramirez in. Right. Um, and I think Scottish football suits Christian Ramirez. I agree. You know, big, physical, and yeah, so he's he's doing really well. Um, yeah. What what do you think is it with Rangers? We we do have some sort of real. I mean, Claudio Reyna, Demarcus Beasley, Bocanegra. Mo Edu, Emerson Hyman, Zgedian Zalame, Bedoya, Polster. We've always had a really, you know, an attraction or a link and we've brought players over and mm. I mean, Claudio Reyna. I mean, there's, there's not more of a technically gifted yep. player or a more versatile player than we've ever had for a long, long time. But we just seem to have this, this draw and I think it's what you're saying is that people in America know it's a big club. Yeah, so so yeah, there are a lot of, I guess, American fans who have a, a have a soft place in their heart for Rangers, and and you know, like any other, like I'm sure if 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 people in Scotland are are looking at say other leagues where, you know, there's you look at Real Madrid or Barcelona or you know Bayern Munich Dortmund, like you look at some of these leagues with two dominant teams, and you kind of lean one way or the other. There are obviously a, 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 so many Celtic fans in the United States as well, but there are people who. If they didn't have another reason, they think like, oh, you know, Demarcus Beasley, Moa Do, they look at Claudio Reyna, all these like, there is a connection to America from Rangers that is something that's not lost on fans. And then like, I do, I do like that he, that James Sands is going to continue this because look, I like Matt Polster, 
uh, didn't you know work at Rangers. I think that he's he's a he, I think he's a very good player, and he since he's come back to MLS, he's been very very good. But like there hasn't been that bigger you know successful American at this club for a little while. Maybe was Mo Adu the last one, or Ali Bedoya was the last one. Yeah, and that's about a decade long. And and, and again with, with that kind of uh, pedigree of Americans coming to Rangers, like it's nice t- to see that being continued. And I think that you know again, Paulster has been very good in MLS. James Sands is another level. It's a different type of talent. So that's good to hear, Lex. A lot of people were saying there's perhaps a James, uh, a Matt Poster-esque type player, and I was like, well, mm. so <laughs> quickly, let's talk about James Sands. You said we could drop James Sands into the Dortmund game. Gio Reyna would probably be playing. Um, I just see a lot of similarities. I know we've spoke about it with Rangers and um, New York City with that because Gio Reyna seems to be the, the Billy Gilmore, where Gio Reyna... Billy Gilmore plays with Norwich on yep. loan from Chelsea. So yep. Gio Reyna was the, the starlet who didn't really play and moved on when he was at 15, 16, something like that. Yeah, 16 when he was, because he has a European passport. Yeah, well, of course. Um, and Billy Gilmore left, was, was a Rangers graduate from nine, five-year-old, whenever it was, and then left to Chelsea. Yep. Whereas James Sands, for the NYC guys, as the player who played games and came through, and it's almost a little bit like the Nathan Patterson one we've just seen, mm-hmm. where Nathan has now played a few games and went for big bucks and moved on, and the fans all seem to be really happy and, and fine with it. So there's yeah. a good link there, and um, obviously the Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is now our manager, who obviously was very, very friendly with Gio, uh, with Claudio. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder if do you think Claudio had any any bearing in the transfer. Uh, I can't say anything with certainty. I'd assume that with that relationship that there would have been a phone call because Claudio was the sporting director at NYCFC when Sands signed his first pro contract. And obviously his son was playing with James Sands all throughout their youth or for however many years. So I'm I'm certain and certain that Gio, I mean, Gio that Claudio has, has a big um, opinion and good insight on him. And I'm sure he gave a stamp of approval if and when asked, but uh, Claudio is the sporting director at Austin FC, and he's obviously has enough to do. And and you know there are probably realities yeah. and not allowed to talk about other players or whatever. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that 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 would have been a call that would be helpful. Folks, there was a lot of questions before. Weiss, me and Tom have been chatting, but we, we want to have, get a few questions to Tom for five minutes. But so peeps, if you have had some questions that I've not answered, throw them back in for me because the, the comments have been going wild. Everybody's been really enthused with what you're saying, Tom. So thank you for mm-hmm. that. My last question to you is, um, having all these players in Europe, the Americans are flooding the European leagues. Is this all part of the bigger plan to win the 2026 World Cup? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to you know, undercut all my credibility by saying that, but that I will say that this is the logical step in player development. Around 2009, 2008, there was a huge push by a number of clubs in the league in general to really invest and build up their uh the the academy system the development system and we're starting to see fruits of that you look at just fc dallas as a club who have chris richards weston mckinney ricardo pepe um brian reynolds reggie cannon just off the top of my head five tanner testament six players that are playing in europe that's just from one club you have the red bulls who have obviously sent tyler adams now kyle duncan um aaron long should be there you know all these like you can go club by club philly with brandon aronson and mark mckenzie like 12 years ago, this James Sands move would have been, oh my God, this is incredible. What like yeah. parading him around in the streets and we're still very, we're so still celebrating this, but this isn't a this isn't a random act. This isn't Josie Altador just being born near the Red Bulls and oh my God, like 
this guy would have been an incredible player no matter where he was born. This was years of development and improving development. And this is the norm now. These are the players that are being kind of produced by MLS and American academies, Canadian academies. And it is cool that after you know, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, all these guys came here and had success. It opened up the markets to European clubs looking more seriously at MLS as a regular market rather than just a couple guys who pop up here and there. It's when you're rhyming off all these names, and you know, people still think the MLS is back in the dark ages, but it certainly is not. Right. Uh, some of those names you're mentioning, I think that um, the national team could have a could have a good chance. It's, it's in is it home, isn't it? It's in the states. Yeah, yeah. it's it's eighty yeah. percent of the games are in the United States, and the other twenty percent are in Mexico and Canada because they can't just pick. The United States isn't big enough to host um, one tournament. We needed all three. Um, we've got a question, and I don't want to throw you under the bus here, Tom. Um, but num- numbers, statistics-wise, do we know? Do you know anything about um, James Sands? What, what What do you mean by by what statistics? Turnovers, tackling statistics, goals, anything like that. Uh, he's, he definitely has a high pass completion rate. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. He he was favorable in distance covered, but that lends itself to anybody who's playing centrally and a team who plays a lot of minutes. Um, yeah, I. I I think that it's still difficult to really measure defensive statistics and, and what is and what isn't valuable. It goes back to the old, you know, was it a, was it a Maldini quote saying, you know, if I have to make a tackle, I've done my job poorly or whatever. So again, like, I don't, I don't know how to quite quantify his impact defensively, but there's just an intangible slash non-quantifiable, you know, version of him that, that he's, he's somebody who's tactically always in the right spot. And, and you don't know, like you don't really notice him making these last ditch challenges because he's somebody who's usually in the right position. So again, that's not a really a good answer, but um, no, I, I don't think that there's a good answer out there for that one. Um, obviously, Gio Van Bronckhorst had a lot of time in this, with the City group. Um, do you think that's getting to be on it? I think so. I'd imagine because he um, was the expected to take the NYCFC job before um, Ronnie Dylan. Yeah, sweet boys. Yeah, so um, I'm certain that he has familiarity and, and they are the synergy with City Football Group with NYCFC I think is better than Red Bull Global with the New York Red Bulls. So I think that there are, he was definitely would have been well aware of this player. And that's another little um, facet of this deal that I haven't touched on. I'm glad you bring it up that Van Broncos really wants him. That, that's been expressed to me. Like that's why NYCFC, James Sands camp, they're all super excited about this move because the, the manager really wants him and, and they, he should have every opportunity to play. He should have every chance at, at a fair, at a fair share. And, and if, if he were to fail, it, it's going, it, it's not going to be because the environment wasn't right. Curry Muncher is one of our um, good name. Um, person who watches our, our pod all the time, but I know you've answered this earlier on my door of Curry Muncher. Um, maybe missed it. He can play in a back four, can't he? He, he, he could do that. Yep. He's versatile enough. Yeah, so he, he would just be in a similar role where he, he just ball playing center back. Um, again, I like that better when there are two natural center backs next to him or more natural, but. If see with Rangers, like I could see him playing that role when you know, particularly the games where they're going to dominate possession 70 to 30 percent, you might not need him in defensive midfield because there aren't going to be that many transition opportunities for the, the opposition. And another center back next to him who can kind of play as you know, a deeper role for him where he steps and has somebody to cover him. Um, I think that that would work well. Yeah, thanks everyone for watching. And Tom, uh, really appreciate it, really appreciate it. I know you, um, you've been on. A few people, <laughs> people you've been a, a man and um, and, and want today, and 
you've we touched on it earlier. You've had a bit of stick from the Scottish and the, the Rangers fans earlier. I'm, I'm hold on. I'm from I'm from New Jersey. That that's a language of love. I appreciate that. Yes. Very quickly, me joking back around there. They said, oh, "I'm glad I'm glad you took that in stride." <laughs> really appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming on. You've given. I think you've pacified maybe a few concerns that Rangers fans have had, <laughs> and you, we're, we're happy with what you've been telling us. So it sounds all good. And um, what I would say to everybody watching, thanks for that. Really appreciate everyone watching. Please like and subscribe as per usual. We have been super busy this week. There's so much content going on, um, even though there isn't any football. We're not back until like a week after. So um, just thanks everyone for watching and we will see you soon. And a big thanks to Tom from all at the Rangers Rabbit. Cheers. Podcast Network.